This is episode 131 of the IDRA Class Notes Podcast. It's very important that the PTA Comunitario Sponsoring Group have a very direct peer outreach and family connections. The aim is to have a network of parents supporting each other, knowing each other, and growing in their support. So even as administrators and teachers move from one campus to the other, the families whose children go to that school are strongly connected, and there's communication among them, especially when inviting them to events, to meetings, or to participate in projects. Hello, welcome to another podcast at IDRA. Francis Guzman and I, Aurelio Montemayor, are having a conversation this afternoon on uh, PTA Comunitarios, but very specifically, how do you start one? Where do you go? We've had a lot of interest. Our PTA Comunitario that started five years ago is going strong in South Texas, and there's three others that are working well. And so there's a lot of interest, and because we say PTA Comunitario, we use the word in Spanish, there's obviously something unique and different about it. So it's it's not our grandmother's PTA or even our mom's PTA. Francis, if we want an organization to start one of these entities, uh, what would it have to be like? Well, because it is of community, it's not necessarily based in a school, although we work very closely with schools. So we would have to have a nonprofit or an organization of the community that is connected, uh, does outreach with families, and has certainly a relationship with families, and that wants to have education as their priority. Then, of course, we would get into what the roles of the community organization would be, which is in particular to host, to facilitate, to send out information. But we'd also want that community group to have or to start nurturing a relationship with the school district and with a particular campus. Now, a PTA Comunitario is a legitimate PTA organization. We who are members of one are card-carrying PTA members. But what is unique, of course, is that it doesn't start in the school and that it's either based or co-based in a grassroots organization. It might be that in your community there are no grassroots organizations, but you might think broadly. It might be, for example, a local NAACP chapter that's interested in education or a LULAC group interested in education or a church group. Mm -hmm. But education, public education, has to be the focus. The strength of, of this model is the fact that for groups or individuals that were felt distant from the school or don't feel comfortable in going to the school, but feel very comfortable in going to their organization, to their community organization, it's a place to start. It's also important to note that there already is something going on in this community organization. They are, are already part. And so consequently, it's a natural succession for lack of a better word, to say that families would not only want to be there and could do things there, but would also be able to connect to schools because the community group and the families are interested in what happens in schools. There is a concern, for example, in this effort. If there's, let's say, a community organization that's focusing on housing or health, that those issues not take over because 
whatever else this community organization is working on, it's very important that education be on the front burner for them. That doesn't mean they drop their other causes or issues or areas of focus, but education clearly has to be a focus. And it's not going to be to set up, let's say, for example, traditional volunteers and certainly not fundraising for the school. All the PTA comunitarios that have been formed until now have as part of their founding ideas is they're not going to do fundraising and they're not against volunteerism, but they're not focusing on that because family leadership is the focus, which means they look at data, they look at how the school is doing. They're having conversations and developing projects in terms around improving the education of their children, of all children in that school. And in fact, that is the key. Not only is this... PTA Comunitario focusing on the individual child of each family member, but it does look at overall what is happening in the schools, how is it that in partnership we can work together to improve the schools, and that we're looking for benefits for all students, not just some. The major steps we see right now is, number one, establishing a PTA Comunitario in a community base, an organization that already exists and has strong roots in the community. Then the next major phase is establishing a strong connection with a campus, with a school, so that there's a partnership and there is actually a school that's connected, or it can be several schools. Mm -hmm. If these families have children at three different schools, those three different schools can be schools that they work in or are partners with. Then the third major step is that the PTA Comunitario develops a project. And when we talk about a project, we have a very specific idea about it. It has, has to be database. It has to be based on information about practice, about policy, about something going on in the school that's related to the academic achievement of the children. And they do something about it, whether to investigate, to improve the policy, to improve the practice, to change it. But the project has to be around information and data that's related to critical issues in children's learning. In particular, when the PTA communities are established, they start themselves identifying some educational issues that they'd be interested in looking at. And then as IDRA staff, we facilitate the investigation piece. We give them ideas on how to best go about and even look at the data. And then what do we want to do about it? It is definitely a decision that is made in partnership with the members there. The other thing is that the PTA Comunitarios function as a bare-bones PTA, since there isn't mm -hmm. fundraising, it's strictly membership, and that's so that we belong to the state and the national levels. But at the same time, since we focus on education, our meetings are conducted in the language of the home. The uh, members decide which are the issues and how they want to go about it. And then IDRA facilitates the method and the means for them to get their projects off the ground, working in partnership with schools. It's very important that the PTA Comunitario sponsoring group have a very direct peer outreach and family connections. This is not an organization that announces its meetings through written notes, even if they're written in several mm -hmm. languages, the languages that are spoken in that community. It's very important that there be a very personal connection. The aim is to have a network of parents supporting each other, knowing each other, and growing in their support as a network of families. So even as administrators and teachers move from one campus to the other, this community that is there in that geographic area, the families whose children go to that school are strongly connected and there's communication among them, especially 
when inviting them to events, to meetings, or to participate in projects. It's also something that I think we have noticed as we have started these very successful ones already in the Valley and the ones that we're undertaking as well, that the focus is on the families and the development and promotion as well as the expansion of their leadership skills and that everybody gets to participate in doing all of those things. It's not just a few select folks who are directing the meetings, who are deciding the topics, who are doing the outreach, but it belongs to all of us. You know, we've been asked, why do you want to have something outside of the school? Well, our experience has been, IDRA has been around for 40 years. Francis and I have worked with hundreds of schools. The vast majority of schools we work with are Title I schools. These are the schools where poor families send their children. It's, it's an economic description of the families and the children in that school. And we rarely see a parent organization in these schools, much less a PTA. And when I was appointed to the National Board, I kept trying to figure out how can this organization that doesn't seem to either have much meaning for these families, for the Title I families, and at the same time wants to have connection to these families, what would the model have to be like for PTA to be meaningful to the families? And that's what's come up. It's come up from the, the voice and the needs of these families coming together and who in their meetings, discuss very serious issues. Recently in South Texas, we've been talking about recent changes in policy, where there's a possibility that poor minority children are going to be tracked into non-college paths in high school. And these families are very concerned about that and have deep discussions about that. They want to know what to tell the counselor, how to get their kids into dual credit courses and things like that. And we're saying it in Spanish, and we're simplifying policy to some degree, but you have to with any layperson anyway. And this is what they're dealing with. So they don't feel yet comfortable that they can have these conversations easily on a campus. Mm -hmm. We hope the future will be that campuses will be open and in partnership with these organizations and that any serious conversation the parents want to have can be held on that campus. And it's also never a watering down. We always deal with the issues as they are occurring and looking at what we are supposed to be doing with them. For example, the, as Aurelio mentioned, the, uh, the new graduation requirements, well, that impacts all of us. And so consequently, how do I go and interact with school people? What do I tell my child? What is it that we need to do in terms of policy? Who are my school board members and how do I interact with them? Those kinds of things come up, and the analysis of data that we do with all of our families not only gives them information, but also gives them different kinds of strategies to deal with their interactions with the school. You know, we're hoping that our state and national organizations learn from this rather than the state or the national organization going to sell its goods, that it see this process and learn from it. It is true that our organizations, whether it's PTA or our other civic organizations, are losing membership. Part of it might be that their standard way of operating is not of interest to the families we're most concerned about. And so we're hoping that PTA is informed by this approach. But also our schools, because Francis, you and I have a lot of experience with Title I parent outreach workers that work on campuses. They're paid out of federal funds, and they have minimal contact with the families. 
Right. The sending home the note in a child's backpack and never having any kind of direct contact with families will not generate any kind of attendance. And then, as we have already found out, if in fact I come to a meeting and nothing is important to me, then why do I keep attending? Even though we may have federal statute that says you will have 51% of your families involved in doing X activity. The other thing is that I think the, the PTA Comunitario model and concept has really opened up to families the fact that it is not a fundraising organization that puts people entirely at ease immediately. We're going to deal with issues that concern all of us in the educational realm and not community group that is sponsoring us will still be able to do everything as Aurelio said, but at the same time, this brings up the educational piece as a front burner issue and that we are as members of the community empowered to do something with it. You know, the, the work is labor intensive when we talk about peer outreach, family connections. It is, and it's slow work at first, but once connections are established, once there's an authentic connection among families and whoever's doing the outreach to those families, then it starts accelerating because families connect with families and bring other families on board. It's not just a matter, as it is for some parent outreach personnel, to have 30 warm bodies in the room. It's way beyond that. Very much so. And it keeps the integrity of I can always be involved with my child's education in all of the different facets because I know about it better. You know, and if anybody's interested in starting something like this at this point, contact us. Talk to Francis Guzman or to me, Aurelio Montemayor. Go to our website. We'd be glad to work with you on this. It's not easy. It takes some focus, but it is important that the basic elements we're talking about be present because we really don't want to encourage people to do something that it'll be very difficult, almost impossible. You'll go against great odds and get even more frustrated. So we know that this is working well in South Texas. We're hoping that it grows, but we would also like to work with whoever wants to do one so that you can walk the path with some degree of assurance that you can have some success. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that we are equals here. It's not one group knowing more than the other, even though we may have different types of information, but that we work together for a common goal in education. So if you want to start a PTA Comunitario, call us. Send us an email. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.